You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Understand that sexuality is as wide as the sea. Understand that your morality is not law. Understand that we are you. This is from Derek Jarman. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and on today's show we will be discussing the gift of sexuality. And I'm Katie Chu. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. The Star You Are has also launched Operation Hurricane Harvey Disaster Relief. So we're going to need your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. So please donate audience today at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund uh, with no additional fees. In this segment, we have a chapter from the book, Be The Star You Are for Teens, The Gift of Sexuality, authored by Be The Star You Are founder Cynthia Bryan and her daughter, Heather Brittany. Here it is. What is sexuality? Most people will immediately assume we're talking about engaging in a sexual act. However, sexuality is not just about sex. From birth until death, every person is a sexual being. Sexuality defines our gender and can be a complex aspect of our personality. It is how we feel about ourselves. Sexuality is not so much about what you do, but who you are, the way we talk, walk, dress, and move, as well as how we act among other people are all aspects of our sexual entity. Sexuality influences everything we experience in the world. Biologically, sexuality concerns itself with sexual contact in all its forms, sexual intercourse, and procreation. Philosophically, it deals with moral, ethical, and religious issues. Throughout history, different cultures portrayed sexuality according to the social dimensions of the time period. Developing a healthy respect for ourselves as sexual individuals is crucial for maturity. Yet, when it comes to talking about sex and sexuality, most teens don't know where to turn. A major component of our radio segment, T42, A Mother-Daughter Brew, focuses on better communication between adults and teens. We want to share our views on teen sex and sexuality to help you make wise choices. Right, and this is from Heather's point of view. From the time we were really young, 
My mom read books to my brother and I that dealt with sexuality in age-appropriate language. All kids are curious. They want to know where babies come from and why mommy's dad and mommy and daddy's bodies look differently. When parents are willing to talk openly with their children about sexual issues, it lessens the anxiety, answers nagging questions, and forms a foundation of trust. Unfortunately, not all adults are willing to talk about sex, especially during the teen years when open conversation is most crucial. And now here's back from Cynthia's point of view. Uh, Although I had terrific parents, sex and sexuality were not amongst the topics of our discussions. I should have understood about reproduction from watching all our barnyard animals mating. However, it never crossed my mind that humans engaged in sexual contact to make babies. When my eldest cousin, Ronnie, was getting ready to go out on her, his first date, my Aunt Linda told my Uncle Bob to have the talk, quote, quote. Nervous to discuss sex with a 16-year-old, my uncle took my cousin aside and advised, just remember to keep your hands in your pockets. <laughs> Over the years, we enjoyed a hearty laugh about Ronnie spending the entire evening with his hands in his pockets, but that is missing the point. The reality is that adults have a responsibility to prepare their children with the information they need to make good decisions. Many parents are as fearful as their teenagers when it comes to speaking about sexuality. Again, from Heather's point of view, I would venture to say that the majority of teenagers are uncomfortable talking with their parents about their sexuality. In some households, discussing anything sexual is considered taboo, sometimes because of religious beliefs. Unfortunately, if a teen can't speak to a trusted adult, he or she will get their information from a friend who may actually provide misleading or incorrect advice. My recommendation for teens is that if you feel you can't talk to your parents or you do not have parents in your household, confide confide in an adult you can trust. Go to your school nurse, an older sibling, aunt, uncle, or even a coach. From Cynthia's point of view, when teens come to my office to talk to me, my goal is always to help them understand that sexuality is a natural and healthy part of living. I answer their questions honestly and encourage them to include their parents in their concerns and questions. Often I've had an adolescent confide to me, my parents would kill me if they thought they ha- I was having sex. Of course, if open communication existed in the family from early childhood, this anxiety could be avoided. It's crucial that teens become educated on the, on the issues so that they will make wise and appropriate choices. I vividly remember attending a statewide sex education forum when I was a freshman in high school where students wrote their questions about sex anonymously on a piece of paper to be answered by a panel of professionals. Questions ranged from, can I get pregnant by kissing a boy, to does sex hurt, to how do I know when I'm ready to be sexually involved? Other queries revolved around the development and changes happening to our bodies. Both boys and girls participated, and because the questions were anonymous, no one had to risk sounding stupid. All of us left better informed, armed with information that could protect us and save us from life-altering mistakes, even if we were afraid to talk with our moms or dads. And now this is from Heather's point of view. There are no stupid questions when it comes to your health and your sexuality. Get the facts. If your parents are unapproachable, there are are community health clinics you can visit that are bound by confidentiality laws. You want to feel comfortable in your body and live by your own moral values. Some teens choose to be sexually active. Others choose abstinence or wait until adulthood when they are engaged in committed relationships or marriage. Whatever you decide, you must be safe. 
Cynthia's point of view. We recently interviewed a young author who wrote about her sexual exploits during her teenage years. She had felt abandoned and invisible as a child, so at puberty, she decided to use her physical attributes to gain popularity. She engaged in numerous hookups, only to be considered a slut and not girlfriend material. Her self-esteem plummeted even more with each new sexual encounter. Being a sexual person is not about being pressured into having sex, even if everyone in your group says they're doing it. Probably a great many are exaggerating or just boasting. There is no right age to have sex. Never feel pressured and don't pressure a partner. Increase your self-confidence by recognizing that you have always been and will always be a sexual being, even when you're a virgin. Heather's point of view. The most important person to love is yourself. Your body and your emotions are changing and evolving rapidly through these, throughout these teen years. Respect and honor yourself. Your sexuality is a natural and healthy part of who you are and how you live it. Celebrate it. Although neither of us is condoning or promoting sexual intimacy, we do want to make it clear that there is never a safe time to have unprotected sex. Avoid pregnancy and transmitted diseases by knowing the truth and obtaining the tools necessary to protect yourself before you become sexually involved. There is help available at school through organizations, community health clinics, your pediatrician, and other medical facilities. If at all possible, speak to your parents and tell them what you are feeling and experiencing. There were teenagers once. Make healthy decisions, develop meaningful relationships, and learn to communicate your needs. Embrace your sexuality while being consistent with your personal and moral values. All right, and now we have an exercise with the chapter titled The Birds and the Bees. Uh, Here we go. Do you know everything you need to know about sex and sexual behaviors? Have your parents or guardians had the sex talk with you? Make a list of your questions, then ask a trusted adult to spend some time chatting with you. Don't embarrassed. Although every person is a sexual being, no one was born with innate sexual knowledge. Your sexuality affects your body, mind, spirit, and emotions. Treat yourself with respect and make wise decisions. We have a quote from both Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Uh, To be a human being is to be a sexual being. We also have an editor's note here that says, For caring confidential consultations on sexual health, birth control, rights, and education, contact Planned Parenthood at plannedparenthood.org or call toll-free at 1-800-230-PLAN. Um, wow, that was quite a chapter, um, and I think, uh, Heather and Cynthia had some great advice about, uh, sexuality and making sure to stay safe that is prevalent to us and our audience as teens, um, and I think that we as teens are, you know, we're kind of inexperienced, our brains don't stop developing until age 25, so, We will make some bad decisions here and there. We'll reach some bumps and hit them, maybe smack in the face, just (laughs) right there. Um, But it's always better to be informed about our decisions and be informed before we make our decisions. Uh, I actually, I personally, I had a friend who was thinking about whether or not to be sexually active. And she ended up going to Planned Parenthood and getting more information and then making her decision from there, which I think is probably the best course of action. Right. Um, Right. You know, it's just good to... 
good to know. Um, so, Katie, you know, uh, what was the larger takeaway that you got from reading through the paragraphs? I think something really big that they definitely covered really well was that you should be open with your parents. You know, I, a lot of people are kind of uncomfortable talking about their, um, talking about sexuality with their parents. And, you know, no matter what kind of family it is, obviously, most of the time, sexuality isn't the best conversation, you know, the easiest conversation to have. Definitely not, you know like just over the dinner table to bring it up. (laughs) It's not just a regular conversation. And for a lot of people that's uncomfortable, but I think you definitely know more and you're a lot more comfortable with yourself and your decision. If you're able to agree with your parents on it, or if you're able to get some, um, you know, advice and some insight from your parents. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you really want to have an open relationship, as you said, and as the chapter went through, and I think everybody needs kind of a support base for whatever decisions they make in life. And especially in this area and at this age, I think it's important to talk with your parents about things. Um, Well, thank you so much, Katie, for this wonderful conversation over the chapter. It was great to read the chapter with you. Um, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. Uh, Audience, support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Head on over to our website at www.bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our discussion on sexuality. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Katie Chu, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this show, we are discussing the gift of sexuality. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Today, we have star guest Dr. Karen Rain with us, here to give us more insight about sexuality and her new book, Girl, Love, Sex, Romance, and Being You. Karen is an educator, training, and national uh, trainer, and nationally recognized expert on sexuality. She lives in Austin, Texas, where she runs a sexuality education nonprofit called Unhushed, working with people of all ages to make information and conversations about sexuality accessible. 
Her goal is to ensure everyone has someone who to talk to about sexuality and a place to find honest, accurate information. Because she can't talk with everyone, she writes books like Girl to get her expertise to all of those who need it. With that, let's welcome Karen onto the show with us. Hi, Karen. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're very excited to have you and to have a good conversation uh, for our audience and between us, the hosts, and you, our wonderful guest. Uh, And so, you know what, I'll just jump right into the questions. Um, So, Karen, why did you write Girl? You know, what was the message that you wanted to bring out to everybody? Well, so, you know, I was actually asked to write Girl by the publisher, which was a huge honor and very exciting. Um, and I, my response to them was actually no initially, because I usually write about gender inclusive spaces rather than gender exclusive spaces. Um, so I told them because they'd already written a boy for a book for girls. That one was public or for boys. So that one was published. And so then they said, I said, well, I'll write this book. If you agree to publish a book for trans and gender nonconforming youth after that, you publish this one. And they said yes. So then I was like, wow, okay, I have to write a book. Um, (laughs) But then it was so much fun. Um, You know, I was able to get some girl authors to write about their own experiences. And they really let me write about whatever I thought was important. And that that was a really great experience. And I think that the book has some unique pieces to it because the publisher gave me so much latitude. I think I think such a book is really great because sexuality is a, a really sensitive topic, you know, for a lot of teens and whether you're a girl or a guy, it's just something that a lot of people can't bring up whether it's with their parents, with their friends or with any adult in general, but you were able to write this book um, girl where you can actually get that advice you know some information without having to go through kind of the embarrassment and the awkwardness of having to talk to someone about it which is really great (laughs) and you were just mentioning how you do think it's unique because you're able to emphasize what you thought was important so in that way how do you think girl is specifically different from other books about teenage sexuality yeah I think that including things like how to break up with someone isn't something that's talked about very often, but gosh, we all need that information. (laughs) Um, You know, so I was just able to talk about this, you know, really wide range of things, you know, and like there's a book on, there's a chapter on porn, you know, which is something that's out there, obviously, but lots of people don't feel comfortable talking about it to teenagers. Like we pretend that teenagers don't know it's there. I'm not really sure what the deal is. Um, But that was great, you know, and I was able to have a whole section on communication and talk about different communication styles. Um, Yeah, so I think it's those kinds of things that make the book unique and a little different. Yeah, definitely. I I remember, you know, just becoming a teen and being 14 and having my first boyfriend and then having to break up with him. And I didn't, I I think I did it awfully. It was very, very bad. And so if only I had, you know, that chapter in your book (laughs) to break up with him. Um, But yeah, you know, communication is super important. And we were talking in the first segment about 
having an open relationship maybe with your parents uh, about this sort of thing and how it's so hard to attain, but it's so necessary uh, at this stage in our lives. And I think it's I think it's very helpful to have a discussion about things like, like porn and things um, that spark our sexuality or that further it uh, so that, you know, we as teens know what we're doing as well. <laughs> so we're not just wandering blindly in the dark. Um, and so... I actually just wanted to, you know, break off of uh, the book for a quick minute and just talk about your uh, nonprofit, uh, Unhushed. And so, let me see if I can um, pull up real quick the mission statement that I found on the website. And so, it says that uh, Unhushed breaks through the social silence and stigma surrounding sexuality and invites parents and youth to engage in self-reflection, conversation, and dialogue. And so, Karen, uh, i just, you know, like to know a little bit more about how you do that and, you know, what, what is Unhushed exactly? Yeah. Um, so, I've been, I've had Unhushed for about a decade in Austin, where I live, and it's, uh, mostly I've been, like, going into schools and I teach classes locally, um, but it's growing right now, which is being, it's been pretty fun. So I'm not actually <laughs> in the classroom anymore in Austin. I have other people who work for me who are in the classroom and we're writing our curriculum and we're selling it in ways that make it pretty, that also I think are pretty unique. You know, one of the issues with the publishing industry in general, and this is true of curriculum, just like it is true of books, is that getting a new edition out is like, takes an act of God. I mean, it just takes forever. (laughs) And something has to be really out of date before people are willing to republish it because it's so expensive. And so what I'm doing that's different is that I'm publishing it online. And I don't know why other people aren't doing this because it allows me to update it every month if I want to. And, you know, with information about sex and sexuality changing as rapidly as it is, it means that our curriculum has to stay up to date. So, like, let's take super gonorrhea. So gonorrhea used to be totally curable with an antibiotic. And then a couple of years ago, there was a super strain of gonorrhea that came out. And <laughs> um, so now we don't have any antibiotics that can cure it. There are some out there. Like There must be because of the way that antibiotics and bacteria work. But the pharmaceutical industry isn't putting in the research or the time or the money to find that new antibiotic that would cure super gonorrhea. So we have this new strain that's not cured by any medications that we currently have. But most curriculum doesn't include that information because most of it was written more than two years ago. You know, and then this summer, now there's um, a vaccine that can maybe prevent you from getting gonorrhea at all. And it's just in testing, but you know, it, this, these things are moving so quickly that it's right. hard for people to keep up to date, but my curriculum will just always stay up to date. Mm-hmm. Especially with something as important as sexuality, and you just mentioned, you know, gonorrhea and everything, this is really important information, especially for teens, you know, and it, like a lot of teens might not think about it as much, you know, when they're older or when they're kind of past a certain stage. So it's really important that they get that information, like you said, on a monthly basis or so that it's updated. I think it's actually really cool that you have it online so that it is updated and that you're making sure that um, the people who work with your nonprofit and are, you know, interested can 
have access to it and up, you know, access to updated information. And while we're kind of, you know, really getting into the topic, um, this is a bit more specific question, but what is the difference between gender identity and sexual preference? Hmm. All right. So gender identity is, is about who you are kind of all on your own. So if you were to take yourself and you were to be in just kind of an empty room, um, your gender identity would be all inside there with you. And it would be, it's about how you um, feel inside your body. It's about um, how you, you see yourself inside your head. Uh, so it's a very personal kind of thing that's not about really anybody else. It's just about you. And then sexual orientation, and I like to say sexual orientation more than sexual preference, because for most people, it's not a preference. It's just something that's innate about who they are. Um, and so sexual orientation is about your relationship to other people and what kinds of attractions you have towards them. Definitely. Um, I, I love, uh, that's perfect that you said of the difference there because I know when I was just starting out and kind of identifying things about myself, I couldn't tell the difference between uh, the two of them, between gender identity and mm-hmm. sexual preference or sexual orientation. And that's a great way to lay it out for the audience. Thank you for that clarification. Um, and, you know, um, First of all, I just uh, I feel like we kind of glossed over it, but I love in the beginning how you said, you know, you'd only agree to writing this book for girls if there was another more inclusive book um, that followed it after its publication. And, you know, I just that's perfect. That is the message that we need to be spreading out today, especially with things that have that have been going on in this country uh, in terms of policy and exclusive policy, especially. And so I think it's, it's good that you were able to push that and and make sure that a more inclusive book uh, got put out. And I've also heard things about uh, specifically sexuality and about the different sexualities where there's things as pansexual and asexual and demisexual. And uh, I just wanted to know, um, do you, uh, what is your opinion on all of these different sexualities? Are there certain sexualities that are definitely in existence or are there just too many to count? Like how many concrete sexualities do we count and how do we know if something is a sexuality or isn't a sexuality? Well, I think that you just have to, I mean, if someone says this is my sexuality, I'm going to believe them instead of being like, no, that's not a real thing. Um, you know, there's no need for that. Um, let's just believe people what they, you know, when they tell us the things, because usually they're right if they're talking about themselves. Um, and I certainly don't have their lived experience. So I would say there's, if you wanted to like count, I would say there's as many sexualities as there are people because everyone's sexuality is a unique thing unto themselves. You know, the specifics of it are all going to be something that's special and personal and the way that it's lived out, you know, we have some generalizations and some general descriptions, but, and that's where things like heterosexual or straight come in, but the the specifics of the experience are always going to be unique. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I just, I always, I'm on Tumblr. And so I always hear, you know, critics of Tumblr, they're always like, wow, these sexualities don't exist. Like, what's a demisexual? And I'm like, no. And I was, you know, I started doubting myself. I was like, 
does it exist? Do do these sexualities <laughs> exist? And thank you for you know um, bringing that or like making that clear and <laughs> clarifying they that. Exist. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Karen, for this amazing conversation. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for this specific segment, but uh, audience will be back uh, with Karen in the next segment. And please do head on over to KarenRain.com, spelled R A. Y-N-E, and also head on over to unhushed.net to check out both Karen's website and the website where her charity is hosted, and also to learn more about Karen's message and girl. And visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our fascinating and amazing discussion on the gift of sexuality. Show the world your smile If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our... Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing our fascinating conversation regarding our theme, the gift of sexuality. And I'm Katie Chu. Back with us today is our amazing guest, Dr. Karen Rain. Karen has penned a fabulous new book titled Girl, Love, Sex, Romance, and Being You, a growing up guide for the 21st century. Welcome and inclusive of all self-identified girls, Girl is uncensored, unbiased, and jam-packed with what today's teenage girls want and need to know about healthy sexuality, loving relationships, and gender fluidity, as well as thornier subjects such as STIs, consent, and sexual assault. In addition, there are self-reflection quizzes, additional resources, and must-read real-life sources, I mean stories, from girls like them. Designed to help girls develop into responsible, informed sexual adults and to prepare them for healthy romantic relationships. Girl is a must read, not only for girls, but for parents, educators, doctors, therapists, and anyone who interacts with teenage girls today. With that, let's welcome Karen back onto the show. Hi, Karen. 
Hi. You know, you were mentioning earlier how, or we were discussing how there are so many different types of sexualities, you know, and that there, I mean, there are generalizations, like you mentioned, but sometimes it can be unclear. And I feel like that really does, that's really emphasized today because, you know, I do have friends, a lot of friends who are confused and I don't know and they don't know what exactly is their sexuality and they've never really put a name to it and you know as a friend I haven't either so I was wondering how do you know if your body is normal or what what should people consider normal for themselves you know that's a really good question this this word normal is and I'm doing air quotes which you can't see but I'm doing air quotes (laughs) around it um and it's such a problematic word, but it's the word that comes up the most frequently in all of my classes and all of my conversations with young people. They're like, oh, am I normal? Is what I'm doing normal? Is my body normal? Are my feelings normal? All of these questions, right? And I mean, and the answer is going to be yes, pretty much all the time. So mm-hmm. are, because the definition of normal is kind of one that's hard to nail down, right? Is it something that's about like, oh, do more than 50% of the population do this? Is that what's normal? Or is what's normal what our culture assumes is the right or the correct way to be? Because those are two really different questions, you know? (laughs) Or is it what's like the medical definition of normal? Because that is a third different definition. So really it's about being yourself. And, you know, sometimes that takes time to figure out who yourself is. And so take that time. Don't worry about whether it's normal. Just figure out what's really you because that's what's going to be the most normal for you. Yeah, you know, every I've I've heard or I've kind of learned in school uh, that, you know, society dictates a lot of things that you are and the way you think and what you do. And it's just, it just goes to show that our definition of normal really reflects that. And society has put this specific definition of normal as what is socially acceptable or what, uh, what we see as the ideal uh, in a certain culture. And I think it's really important that you clarified that just now um, about the different types of normal and um, about how normal should really just be what is true to yourself. And so um, following up on the idea of finding oneself and identifying as oneself. Um, uh, I just wanted to know, do you have any advice for people who are, you know, who have found themselves and are maybe trying to convey that to their friends, their family, um, you know, specifically maybe their parents or their guardian figures? Uh, How does a teenager uh, who's found themselves tell others about their sexuality and what is the best way to go about doing that? Mm, Yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, and you know, I've led whole workshops for teenagers on how to talk to their parents about sex, which was interesting to me that they were interested in that as a topic, but they were. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a sticky widget and it's one of those things where the family really matters. You know, there are some families where it's not safe for the young person to come out about their sexuality or their gender identity to their parents. And so for them, they probably need to wait until they're financially independent and they have a way to support themselves, if possible, uh, you know, to maintain their own safety. For other people, their parents are, you know, 
they know that their parents are going to be accepting. And then there's a bunch of people in the middle who don't really know how their parents are going to react. And so it's a scary thing. Um, and, you know, some of the things that they could do are things like bring up a friend who's maybe gay or trans and be like, hey, so I have this friend and see how their parent reacts to them talking about their friend as a way to kind of float that boat and see how well it goes. Um, but it also might be something where they write a letter um, or, you know, something that's a little less intense than a face-to-face conversation. Ultimately, it's, it's going to be kind of their call on what they feel most comfortable with. Again, you know, it's a really unique kind of experience coming out, you know, and I, I, I actually have gay friends with kids and the kids came out to their parents as heterosexual or straight, which is kind of adorable. Um, <laughs> so there's definitely a whole range of coming out kind of experiences. Yeah. You know, I think that there are some kids when like, feeling like they're coming out to their parents as belonging to a different religion than their parents do or a different political party than their parents. All of those experiences are about speaking their own truth to their parents. And that can be scary. Well, we're kind of on this topic, you know, with people, with, you know, there are a lot of teens who have either found themselves or in the process of finding themselves who can't really say it or, um, are just having a trouble with it. And as many people as there are with, you know, these kind of questions and concerns, a lot of those people have friends, you know, friends who kind of know what's going on, but haven't really said anything for, so for those friends of those teens who are seeking to find themselves or have found themselves or, and have, are having trouble coming out, do you have any advice for, you know, these friends, can they do anything or say anything to help? Or is there something they shouldn't do or, something they can do to be supportive. So what they should not do is make the assumption, you know, and this is where gender identity and sexual orientation get a little messy, which is what we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier. And so if there's a girl who is kind of, you know, a little butchy or, you know, a little more masculine, it's common to think, oh, she's a lesbian. Right. And the same goes for maybe a more feminine boy. Uh, But those assumptions are about gender identity. And that's what you're seeing. And that's what you're reading. And while those might correlate to some degree with sexual orientation, it's not a strong correlation. So if you have a, a suspicion, acknowledge that it's just a suspicion. Right. You don't actually know. And so the best thing to do, I think, is to make it clear to your friend that you're fine if that's their orientation or their gender identity and say, hey, you know, just in passing, like, oh, you know what? If I ever had a friend who came out to me, I'd be totally cool with it. So saying something like that gives their friend the opportunity to know that they're a safe space without making it weird, without letting their friend know that they're making assumptions about them just letting it be something that they can sit with so that when they're ready, if that is their truth, that they know that they have a space, a safe space to go to. Um, I would say something not to do would be to out your friend. Even if you do know their sexual orientation or gender identity, telling other people about it that your friend has not told first or has not given you the verbal okay to tell, then that's not okay. Yeah, yeah, very important. I think 
um, I guess that that does also tie back a little with our conversation about communication and how to yeah how to tell people um, about coming out as a certain sexuality um, and that really brings into uh, the conversation, the idea of miscommunication and just missing people. And I think it's very important uh, that you brought up um, just now not having your friend as a certain, uh, you know, se- or has having a certain sexuality because there is that idea of trust and, you know, who the friend chooses to communicate uh, whatever their orientation is um, with. Uh, and so, I wanted to shift the conversation maybe a little away from communication now and maybe focusing on finding oneself. Um, I just wanted to know, you know, can you talk a little bit more about uh, self-compassion and why self-compassion is important? Yeah, that's definitely something that I put into the book because I find that sexuality is one of the areas where people, especially girls, don't have a lot of self-compassion. They take on a lot of the assumptions that, the culture and society makes of them and for them and put them on themselves, take those, those standards onto themselves and are, can be really harsh about things like body image and, you know, have they dated someone? Is that person that they have dated or haven't dated? Is that the right kind of person? There's just so many things around sexuality that people can say, Oh, it should be done this way rather than trying to investigate for themselves what's the right way for them to do it. And so self-compassion is this idea that you can be just as compassionate towards yourself as you would be towards a friend. So imagine if you had a friend who came to you with this problem or this worry or this personal issue that you have, and what would you say to them? Would you say, oh, you know, this is terrible. I can't believe that you're doing this. Or feeling this way, which is the words that a lot of people turn in on themselves. But to a friend, they would say, oh, that sounds really hard. I'm really sorry that you're going through that. And so self-compassion is learning to turn that kind of language back towards themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's a perfect message is to be your own friend <laughs> instead of your, your own <laughs> yeah. worst enemy. And, Absolutely. Um, I love that. That's perfect. And... I think, I guess, <laughs> tying it back in with communication, there's a there's a form of self-communication that goes on there. And definitely, I think um, being less harsh on yourself, um, especially for yeah, us girls and um, all the stuff that we do have to deal with in terms of, you know, social standards and like your weight, your height, your appearance, your uh, whether or not you're sexually active, all of this stuff um, falls into normal air quotes and um, (laughs) kind of determines who we are in a way that it shouldn't. And so thank you so much, Karen, for this, again, this wonderful conversation. And it was so informative to just kind of even sit back and listen to you give all of this great information to our audience and to us as hosts. And so thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, Unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, Audience, during the break, be sure to check out our 501c3 literacy and positive media charity at bethestarur.org. And more information is under event 
events at our website at btsya.org. Remember, guys, BTSYA has also set up donations for hurricane disaster relief at btsya.org. So please visit and donate to those in need. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Make sure to go to www.karenrain.com. That's R-A-Y-N-E and unhushnet.net to learn more about Karen's work and girl. Available right now on Amazon.com. Visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll continue our inspiring conversation on sexuality. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of sexuality. I'm Katie Chu. I'm Brigitte Gia. We'll be closing the show today with Katie bringing us another installment of her awesome segment, Aim to Shoot. Take it away, Katie. Hi, everyone. So in my segment, Aim to Shoot, I'm going to be talking about careers involving the study of sexuality. So I personally believe that not a lot of people may think that the study of sexuality actually exists in a big way or in like a cre- in um, a manner of careers. And it really does. You know, sexuality studies definitely is a certain type of career with um, several options to it, op- uh, different paths that you could follow after studying sexuality. And may- a lot of people may not know it yet, or maybe they do, but it's definitely an option that's out there for you. And if you are personally invested or interested in sexuality and studying it and knowing more about it, then it's definitely out there and you could go toward a career path related to it. So on the idea of sexual studies as a career outlook, it's definitely improving with, you know, sexuality becoming a more open conversational topic and something that's more popular and well-known even among the younger students and, you know, the older generations. And the career outlook is improving with the changing positive attitudes regarding the role of sexuality in universities, colleges, high schools, you know, politics and research. And as there are more positive attitudes toward the topic of sexuality in these areas, there are obviously more careers related to it, more jobs and 
you know, more institutions that want to learn about it, that want someone to be able to teach their members, their students, their kids about sexuality. And as these opportunities open up, sexuality studies becomes a larger career option and a path that you can consider if you want to study sexuality. And of course, you know, when it comes to sexuality, as we were talking with our guest earlier on the show, education is huge. A lot of students who are into sexuality are who are have questions about, you know, sexual intercourse, about their sexual identity. They have they need to get their information from somewhere and that's where education comes into play. You know, education about sexuality, sexual orientation, being able to talk about sexuality and that's why a lot of careers related to sexuality studies is also related to education. So a basic master's degree in human sexuality studies prepares students for, you know, of course, a more advanced programs such as PhD programs and professional schools in psychology or sociology or communication studies. But it also prepares you for certain jobs as it kind of bring combines sexual studies and being able to convey those ideas as it prepares you for becoming for example, a public health worker in HIV or AIDS education, treatment and care centers. Or another path would be reproductive health education, or for that matter, you know, research and training, sexuality education at regional community colleges and local school boards, working in policy or research public policy institutions. And, you know, as our guest also mentioned before creating the curriculums for sexual education. All these are huge and really important in kind of educating the public about sexuality, including students and young young people. And that's why there are so many more opportunities about sexual sexuality studies and education than in other areas. And of course, other op- other options would be service provision in, for example, hospitals, clinics, nursing homes, or more specific education and research for service providers or human resource providers. And one place where you can really get knowledge about having a career in this area is the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Because this this organization allows you to get certain certifications for certain careers in this field and membership of this organization can link you to hundreds of other sexual health practitioners, providing you with a sort of stable network of accomplished peers, a variety of opportunities for professional education, growth, and development. And once you're a member, you can apply for a certification as a sexuality educator or counselor or therapist. And while I'm on that topic, you know, if I were to kind of describe these in more detail, an educator is different from a counselor and a counselor is different from a therapist because a certified sexuality educator teaches and um, trains people about a range of topics, including, but, you know, not limited to sexual health, um, the reproductive anatomy of the human body, family planning, contraception, pregnancy, sexually transmitted infections, you know, gender identity, and it really teaches and it really lets you teach people about all kinds of topics related to sexu- uh, sexuality and be able to answer questions, you know, that are p- 
posed by the public or posed by students about sexuality. And that's what an educator does. And, you know, if you want to be a sexuality educator, you could teach in a classroom at the elementary or secondary or higher education levels. Because as we mentioned before, there really is no age that sexuality is limited to. People always have questions whether you're young or old. And you will, there will always be people with um, questioning their own sexual identities and looking for more information. So you have a different range of people, a, a huge um, wide range of audiences that you could be teaching to in a classroom or, you know, in some kind of seminar of any kind. And, you know, being an educator doesn't just mean you'll be teaching, but it also means that you could be designing and conducting workshops, courses, and seminars for people or contributing to the sexuality education literature, you know, writing a book like our guest, you know, Karen Rain did, being able to write a book so that people can refer to um, literature for more information, developing a curriculum, planning, administering programs, delivering lectures, or even, you know, having one-on-one client education sessions where a person can just ask you questions and you can give them the information that they're looking for. But instead, say you want to be a counselor, not just an educator, then as a counselor, you would you could go into a variety of professions ranging from, you know, medicine to the clergy. For example, you could be a Planned Parenthood counselor, you know, offering help to different people who call in to ask questions. Or in another direction, you could be a nurse, some kind of health professional. You could be a school counselor, a clinical pastoral care and counseling provider. You know, with school counselors, I know that at my school too, there are counselors that offer help about sexuality and hold classes about it for students. And that's definitely something that a sexual uh, sexuality counselor that's certified could definitely do. Or in another direction, as a sexuality counselor, you could assist the client to kind of realistically resolve the concerns they have in their in their life at, at that moment, you know, through the introduction of problem-solving techniques, as well as, you know, ways of communicating, because communication is a huge part of sexuality and um, being able to support and understand yourself as a sexual being. And there's this kind of model that um, that's specific to AACSC, ECT, this organization, and this model includes, you know, first talking about permission, you know, making sure that you as a counselor and educator ask for the permission to discuss these topics because these are sensitive topics. And then the next would be, you know, limited information, you know, trying to give them the correct information because as we mentioned before, out outside in the world, there are lots of, you know, misconceptions and um, myths about sexuality, sex, intercourse, all that. There are a lot of wrong um, sources of wrong information, you know, and if people ask the wrong people, they get the wrong information. So that's a huge part of being a counselor and, or educator, being able to give that correct and, you know, appropriate advice. And then being able to suggest things, you know, by creating kind of a compilation of that client's profile and understanding the issues and concerns of that client and how the issues developed over time. And then for people who would like to become therapists, you would 
be engaged and um, well informed about what this one last step intensive therapy that you can use to help your clients. So, you know, as an educator or a counselor or a therapist, there are lots of processes and a lot of things that you can offer to people. And these things are extremely important to people of all ages. So there are always opportunities, you know, and schools, organizations are increasingly looking for counselors and educators that are, that can teach people, their workers, their students, their kids about sexuality and what it is and how we can understand it in a better way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's super important, this entire segment about what you can do to inform others about their sexuality. And, you know, all these careers that you mentioned, all these different paths that you can take, they might be a way for people to also uh, learn more about themselves and discover uh, their own sexualities or their own identities. Uh, I know that just with one AP psychology course, <laughs> I've been able to learn a lot more about myself. And so I think it's wonderful that you've brought all of these options to the table. And it's wonderful that all of these different schools are starting to offer sexuality courses and you know paths to careers that have to deal with finding one's sexuality. Because as we learn more about people about the way humans work we're also learning more about all these different sexualities and we're finding more ways to help others learn about them and i think it's great that you were able to give so much information as you always do about uh the different careers that one can really find oneself and help others find themselves in and so thank you katie for this wonderful segment and all of this for our audience to really uh, use to find themselves and their own careers. Uh, sadly, it is time to say farewell. Uh, we offer our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia O'Brien, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer Matt. Uh, thank you to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, be kind, embrace your sexuality, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between you would let yourself